1: I'm looking forward to this conversation. When I was a kid, I remember this. Uh, I think the name of the store was Southside Sound and it was over on White Avenue, just off Calgary Trail, Gateway Boulevard. It was this great little record store on White Avenue and you go in there from time to time and you could find bootlegs, right? So I managed to get my hands on uh, a couple of Van Halen bootlegs. I think one was live from Japan. I'm not sure. Uh, and I know I had a, a Guns N' Roses bootleg that was them performing in Australia. And they did this Killer version, a whole lot of Rosie on it. It was so good. Um, but that was back in the day with those, you know, secret rare records. It was so cool. If you can get your hands on a bootleg, it was pretty awesome. So I, 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 they don't exist, at least not in the same capacity anymore. I guess the old ones are, st- I don't know what the bootleg market is, but it's there. And Alan Cross um, has done some work on this and uh, alan's fantastic music historian host of the ongoing history of new music and he he joins us now alan thank you so much for being here always uh look forward to chatting with you sir oh you're
0: welcome what can we talk about today
1: bootlegs bootlegs now okay like like i say when i was a kid now you're going back a while here uh they were the best like if you could get your hands on a bootleg record that was that was a thrill i mean that was a real charge wasn't it It was. You had to know somebody, yeah. and actually, they had to know
0: you because these were illegal. They were kept in the back room or under the counter and only given to people, only sold to people that could be trusted. And uh, there were a couple of places. I grew up in Winnipeg. There were a couple of places, if you knew somebody who could introduce you to the guy behind the counter... Uh, then maybe you could get, um, for example, I think one of the very first ones I bought was a Led Zeppelin bootleg. Before they played in the U.K. in the 1960s, they played some live shows in Sweden under the name The New Yardbirds, oh, wow. and those shows were heavily bootlegged. <laughs> and uh, if you knew, I mean, they were always in very limited numbers, you know, 100, oh, yeah. 500, maybe a 1,000. And if you can get your hands on one, man, That was something really special
1: in the collectibles. And they were, I mean, it was a big thing to have, like you say, in terms of collectibles, but there was a lot of money that was traded through this. I mean, obviously the record labels hated it because they weren't getting their cut and the bands weren't getting their cut, but a lot of people did make a lot of money off this, right? Even Organized Crime got in it, didn't they?
0: They they did. Originally, it was uh, just fans that were looking to share things that... I mean, remember, music used to be very, very scarce. It was regulated by record stores, record labels, uh, and artists. Uh, If you could get your hands on something that was outside, what those gatekeepers could... um, could provide to you you know you were beating the man yeah. you know you, you were finding something special that nobody else was supposed to have it was an inside of you it's what the music industry was um that's what bootlegs are bootlegs were um unauthorized releases of recordings whether they be in the studio or live that's what they were then there you have counterfeits now counterfeits are like counterfeit money they were uh Records and later CDs and cassettes that looked more or less like the real thing, and that's the counterfeits were really, 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 really big with organized crime all over the world. Um, but you know, they were of the actual area, releases,
1: Alan. Like that would be, you could get like Appetite for Destruction, just a knockoff, but it was still that album.
0: It's exactly what right, it was. Okay, it's just like buying a you know a Chanel bag or a Hermes yeah. bag, except it's not. It just looks like one. Uh, those, so those were where organized crime really got involved. Uh, the bootlegs were, I don't want to say that they were harmless, because you mentioned that they were actually hurting the, the, uh, the, the act, yeah. and the, the label, and everybody else. Uh, but there, there was really no uh, excuse for the counterfeits. I, I've been to China a bunch of times, and there was a place called the Silk Market in Beijing. And you could get, there was a record store in there, and you all the records in there, you know, they looked exactly like the records you could get back <laughs> home, except that they were 100% fake.
1: Yeah. Did it now that we're in the internet age and most of the music that we consume we do through streaming services is this an issue anymore? Are bootlegs gone or is something moved into that space? Where are we now in terms of illegal recordings in 2023?
0: Well, that's a very good question because uh the stream music services are supposed to police these things. They're not supposed to have these unauthorized recordings out there. That's one thing. Number two, you can get them if you go to you know, unauthorized torrent sites or whatever. They're, they're available. But number three is that the record industry has realized that people are looking for these unreleased tracks. And instead of trying to suppress them, well, why don't we just sell them? For example, coming out uh, later this month, on the 27th, there is a new version of Nirvana's In Utero album from 1993, and it contains 56 unreleased tracks.
1: 56? <laughs>
0: Yes, so these are all from those sessions, You know, alternate tracks, alternate versions, you know, alternate arrangements, all that sort of stuff. Those are the sorts of re- songs, those are the sorts of recordings that would have ended up and did end up on bootlegs back in the day. But now you, you can put them in a box set and make money from them. And then this way you know you're getting the highest quality material. Uh, if you're not downloading from a torrent, you're not getting um, anything that's, that's incomplete. You're not getting anything that may have a virus in it or, or so on. So that's uh, the box sets are the new bootlegs, and uh, there's there's plenty of really good stuff on, in these box sets. But those are legit. Those aren't illegal. No, they are not. They are officially sanctioned releases.
1: What about artificial intelligence? And I know there's been a whole bunch of songs released that are you know you can you can isn't there an app out there Alan where you can basically tell it hey I would like to hear Mick Jagger singing uh, an old George Jones tune or something it'll do it for you? Yeah it's
0: called Voiceify. Voiceify Voiceify.ai it was invented by a 20 year old computer uh, science student in the UK and basically it's it's available uh, in the app store for people with iPhones and Android phones you just go and download it and you can tell it to you can either chat with it and we'll chat with you in the voice of your favorite star, Taylor Swift or you know, anybody else. And then you can also feed Voiceify, um, for example, a, a link to a YouTube video of, let's say, I don't know, you 2 singing Where the Streets Have No Name. And what Voiceify can apparently do is get Taylor Swift to sing Where the Streets Have No Name. Now, this is a real problem because the artists involved and the songs involved have, there's not licensed in any way, shape, or form. Right. And uh, people are basically trading in intellectual property and uh, in distributing intellectual property and altering internet, uh, copyrighted intellectual property without the permission of the creators. So, there, but the weird thing with Voiceify, it's a UK based thing, there doesn't seem to be anything in the law that prevents people from doing this because okay, technology ask. is so so new that nobody has, has you, you You look at the laws and you go, there's nothing here that prevents anybody from doing this yet, but that's coming.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's going to have to, but I mean, Matt, like who would you target? You're not going to target the, it's going to have to be the platform, right, Alan? I mean, you're not going to go after each individual user. The only way to try and regulate this, I think, would be the platform that offers the service, wouldn't it? You would think, yes. Now, or the
0: platform or the creator. Now, there is kind of a analogy here. Uh, in, the, in the 1980s, we started to get into sampling, which means you excise a piece of somebody else's song and use it to build something brand new. And people with this new technology started sampling like crazy. And the people who were being sampled were saying, well, wait a second, hang on. You're making a new piece of art using my piece of art, and I am not being compensated. Uh, so this has wound its way through the courts and through the laws and through all the various levels of government. And now you can't sample somebody's material and use it as part of something that you're creating without asking permission and without compensating the person sampled. This is the sort of thing that they're looking at with uh, artificial intelligence and the use of what we're calling voice clones. If you want to use Taylor Swift's voice, well, then that belongs to her. And you cannot do anything with her voice that she would disapprove of, and then you have to compensate her because you're using her to make money for you. It's just going to take a while for everybody, you know, in all territories, which is what happened with, with sampling. Uh, you, you're just going to have to, we're going to have to figure out how this is going to work. Now, even, just last week, the U.S. Congress um, introduced a law and I swear to God it's called the no fakes law it, 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 you spell it out into I, I don't know what it was but it, that's an acronym but the no fakes law and what they, they want to do is, is put down rules making people liable and accountable for unauthorized use of this sort of material in the artificial intelligence realm
1: it, it's unreal to think where this might go Alan it's it's it, 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 it's nuts,
0: it, it is. really is, it, you know, this is the complete Wild West, you know, because people, the technology is moving far faster than the understanding of the technology, the implications of the technology, and any laws around the technology. And you can't stop it now that it's out of the bottle, it, it, it's just going to keep proliferating. The trick is, how do you make sure that
1: people aren't hurt? This is the thing. Like trying to regulate it at this point is, is is almost a nightmare. But I don't know. It's it's still not as cool as the old bootleg albums we used to get, Alan. But it's pretty
0: close. No, no, it wasn't because you know anybody can do go to voiceify.ai and do something, and you know we're, we're cool. Uh, <laughs> but boot, bootlegs, bootlegs were 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 so hard to find. Yeah, because they were in such limited numbers, and again, the material on these bootlegs was illicit, illegal. Forbidden, and it was cool to be able to have
1: it. It was so cool, yeah. Alan, great chat. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
0: No problem.